साम्राज्यसौखम त्रिनवत विहाय संधारयीवर छिन्नवेशम नीनिंद्यद पशुघातनम च दयामय तंग प्रणतस्मी बुद्धम ओम शांति 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 ही ही हु रिनाउंस द हैप्पीनेस ऑफ ए किंगडम एज इफ इट वाज लाइक ए पीस ऑफ ग्रास हु ओर द रैगेड गर्ब ऑफ रिनाउंसिएशन हु डिनाइड द ऑथोरिटी ऑफ द वेदर्स एंड हु डिनाउंस द एनिमल सैक्रिफाइस दैट कंपैशनेट बुद्ध आई सैल्यूट ओम पीस 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 पी एंड टू अस ऑल हैप्पी मदर्स डे एंड दिस इज द डे वी आर थिंकिंग ऑफ बुद्धा बुद्धा वॉज ए मदर एंड हार्ट his whole life was dedicated for serving the world like an affectionate mother could not bear the pain and suffering of anyone in the early days of his life you all know when he was a young prince his cousin brother had killed a flying bird swan and he was happy he did it but buddha the young boy went and protected and took out the arrow and nursed and cared and when he came to ask that give me i this is my my property i have targeted this swan to kill flying He said, "No, you cannot. It belongs to whom? Who gives life, or who kills? Anyhow, there is a great story from the even from the very beginning. His heart goes for this suffering of anyone. So, <coughs> Buddha, a great name in the spiritual." world buddha you know buddha is called who is awakened the awakened awakened from what who is awakened from the ignorance who is awakened from the delusion in which we live and he is awakened into the light and illumination where there is no two there is no many but there is only one it is my explanation of course or vedantic way of looking at buddha's compassion the meaning of his maitri philosophy of maitri bhavana in the gita we hear that that which is called ya nisha sarvabhutanam tasyang jagarti sangyami yasyang jagrati bhutani shanisha pashyatu mune Buddha has awakened, so is the call for awake, awakening, all of us. What to awaken? So Gita suggests 
that that to a person of wisdom that which is night to all beings because for us the spirituality the absolute truth the all pervaded consciousness or the oneness of reality it is all night for us and the self controlled they are awake in that truth that is the gita's meaning and that in which all beings we are awake that appears as night to the people of illumination they don't understand much of this thing in which we live cry weep suffer they see that transcendental truth of course when they come back from that experience they feel tremendously pulled for the to rem- remove the remedy to remedy the suffering of this so this consciousness of a man of realization is so full that he cannot see anything apart from the consciousness of love that is rabindranath tagore says talking about buddha the ignorant on the other hand lives in the world of plurality alone in the world of matter only <coughs> world to them is a long dream and we being so deeply attached to this dream do not and cannot see beyond that's why we are unaware of that world buddha woke up from this apparently unending dream of plurality we are enchanted we are engrossed we are captivated we are highly entranced fascinated we are bewitched and greatly attracted and enamored to the little this glittering soft sweet superficial forms or appearances but rubinath tagore says that they do not come to the world to free the truth which is eternal from the momentary veil but buddha came that's a special contribution of buddha buddha came according to rubinath tagore to discover and preach this very simple truth what is that truth is this liberation can only be attained when one can destroy the bhavana the deep rooted desire from the heart and can expand the feeling of love and compassion for all created being sarvabhuta renouncing all petty selfishness this is rovinath's idea tagore's idea and he was a great admirer of uh, buddha as was rashami vivekananda was greater admirer of buddha and he rather he said this washing he he appreciated buddha uh, over all other incarnations because of his heart and intellect head and heart combined in buddha's life rubinath tagore in, in that context he continues this statement appears to be so very simple what is that statement to f- create the feeling of love and compassion for all created being renouncing our little petty selfishness 
This is very simple. This word is very simple. We all understand this. But Rabindranath Tagore says that it is appears to be very simple. But this truth becomes so very difficult and hard to understand that he said, according to Tagore, that one prince had to roam in the forest and giving up the kingdom of his own earthly kingdom. So this is the special aspect of Buddha which normally we sometimes don't talk. We talk about Buddha uh, to talk about his life. We know that he, uh, you all know but to touch that part but the major thrust is that what is the Buddha's contribution to the world is this ahimsa. Ahimsa means non-injury. Why non-injury? Why? Because he says this maitri bhavana, the feeling of friendliness. Why this friendliness? Because Buddha said it is Brahma Bihara. This is a new way of interpretation. It is actually Rabindranath Tagore's contribution. He, he explained this way, it is called Brahma Bihara. He used to live in the, what do you call, avoiding in Brahman. Yeah, it says, I am not saying it is not a student of Vedanta's talking, but it is Tagore saying that it, is, it was his Brahma Vihara. This love for humanity cannot come unless there is this feeling or experiencing the sameness in all. That comes not so easily. That comes out of great sacrifice, self-sacrifice. That comes for building up the character. And that is found that foundation is called the sila in uh, in Pali language it has been said sila that shil is the characteristic that 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 which makes you a person who you are and those foundational things Buddha has emphasized more rather than talking of high philosophy high philosophy is all the time there but high philosophy is to be brought into our life and made it real because it is ground should be based on this character, this love, this love for every created being, not human. But the question of uh, subhuman or other. Rabindranath Tagore had a beautiful poem. I thought that that is also good to really... Uh, read out. This is a famous poem written by Tagore. He says that Hingshai unmatta prithi and let me not read the Bengali, rather English. But I can sing that. No, that will take longer time. <laughs> so he says the world today is wild with delirium of hatred. The conflicts are cruel and unceasing in anguish. Crooked are the paths, tangled in bonds of greed. All creatures are caring for a new birth of thine. O thou of boundless life, save them, rouse thine eternal voice of hope. Let love's lotus, which is inexhaustible treasure of honey, open its petals into the light. O serene, O free, in thy immeasurable mercy and goodness, Wipe away all dark stains from the heart of this earth. 
Thou giver of immortal gifts, give us the power of renunciation and claim from us our pride. In the splendor of a new sunrise of wisdom, let the blind gain their sight and let life come to the souls that are dead. O serene, O free, in thine immeasurable mercy and goodness, wipe away all dark stains from the heart of the earth. Man's heart is anguished with the fever of unrest, with the poison of self-seeking, with the thirst that knows no end. Countries far and wide flaunt on their foreheads the blood-red mark of hatred. Touch them with thy right hand, make them one in spirit, bring harmony into their lives, bring rhythm of beauty, O Sidin, O free, in thine immeasurable mercy and goodness, wipe away all dark stains from the heart of this. Beautiful. He says that this world, you know, we look at that in the name of religion, name of social reform, name of wherever you go, doing something, saying, doing good, but it is at the torture and suffering of others. So he's asking to Buddha, saying, touch them with thy right hand, make them one in spirit, bring harmony into their lives, bring rhythm of beauty. That was his, actually you can call to what you call Buddha. So now, Buddha's life a little bit, you all know still, he was born in the 6th century BC, in Kopilavastu, at the foothill of Himalayas. And you know, he was raised in the princely uh, environment of fun and joy only. There all the time flowers bloom, beautiful girls are singing, dancing, all nice, beautiful, nothing, nothing wrong in the world. And it was raised in that way. He was married and he had his son. He saw the sights of disease, old age, death, and, and the monk's presence. So he saw these four things. We see them. He saw disease. It raised a big question. Is that the life? I'll be diseased? Because he was full of youth. So he didn't believe that there will be any disease for him. He doesn't know that because it is not in the environment. So disease, we also see disease. <laughs> it does not raise any question. But Buddha was he deeply moved by this. And then what happened? Say so death. Death we see. We lose how many of our friends and relatives in our life. But it does not raise any question, maybe momentarily some, but it had a deep questioning in him. Old age, who is not seeing the old age, suffering of old age? Go to the old homes, look at the situation of people who are being taken care of, how much physical suffering, mental suffering, emotional suffering going on, but we don't feel seriousness about to find this cause and its, its, its way out. But he saw all this and it convinced him that world is full of suffering and ultimately the mendicant's life, carefree life, 
suggested that there is a possible way and escape. And to find, so that's why the question is to find the cause of suffering and then he found the means to way out of that suffering. Went to many religious teachers and learned scholars of his time, did great austerities, but was not satisfied, came back to his own resource. With an iron will and mind free from all disturbing thoughts and passions, he endeavored to unravel through continuous meditation, mystery of the world's miseries, till it, at last his ambition was crowned with success. He became Buddha or enlightened. And his message of his enlightenment, that laid the foundation of Buddhism, and it spread, you know, Ceylon, Burma, Sam, to Tibet, China, Japan, and all over the world. So, that was the way he, Buddha became illumined by questioning and by giving the prize. He gave up this kingdom. And for truth, such an attraction for truth, anything can be given up for truth, as Swami Vivekananda said, but nothing to be given up. Truth cannot be given for anything. And Buddha lived that life and tremendous austerity to find the truth, the meaning of life, what is beyond, ultimately whatever. So he got the illumination, we call illumination, or language is nirvana. So now nirvana is the cessation of suffering. Nirvana means that he attained to a state where there is no suffering. So that cessation, that is the goal. And it is attainable here and in this life. That was his message. By perfectly controlling of the lower instincts and constant contemplation on what is the truth. And is said to be Arhat, venerable one, who have gone to these little miseries and sufferings of life. And he gave us the illustration how to move into this spiritual path. So his message has been taken in the tripitaks, three baskets. One is called Binaya Pita, conduct of the, started the Sangha organization. Sutta Pitak, that is the sermon and dialogues. And Ovidhamma Pitak, this exposition of the philosophical teachings. And that is mostly we find in the Buddhistic literature philosophy. And then Buddhism then again divided into two wings. One is Hinojana, Mahajana, Theravada or Mahajana, dual. Hinojana or Theravada, they flourished in south and stronghold in Ceylon, Burma, Sam. Language was Pali, that time common language of the people. And claimed to be more orthodox and faithful to the teaching of Buddha. And Mahajana, they talk about the, they talk too much of the philosophy, Hinojana people are Theravada people. And Mahajana, they flourish in the north like Tibet, Tibet, Japan, China. And they believed in Sanskrit and many th translations have come in this Tibetan language and others. That their teaching was that you honor Buddha, the personality also. So Buddha disliked 
metaphysical discussion which is devoid of practical utility, anti-speculative attitude is the soul, is different but body, and all these different questions. And ultimately, he come to the point that there are ten questions which is unprofitable. This is indeterminate questions. Just to give a glimpse of that, what are the ten, ten in that determinate question. We always put that question. First of all, we say, is this world eternal or non-eternal? Is it finite or infinite? Is the soul same as the body or different from it? Does one, after realization, live? Does one live or after death or don't live? Does he both live again and not live again after death? Does he neither live nor live again after death? These are called the questioning, different questions. These are ten indeterminate questions. Anyhow, this is the, just to get this idea and fundamentally nirvana is the goal of life where the cessation will, of suffering will be there. It's not inactivity, does not mean extinction, extinction of existence and is stopping of birth, misery and attainment of perfection, that is called the nirvana. Even the partial fulfillment of nirvana that can cause palpable benefit. Nagasena, during the instruction to Greek king Menandas, Milinda, said, Nirvana is profound like an ocean, lofty like mountain peak, sweet like honey. And you know, there are four noble truths, what are the, and then there are the way out, eightfold path. So now I will focus on the other side of it. <coughs> Swami Vivekananda's few words are very powerful. It says that the bliss of religious life is attainable by everyone who walks in the noble eightfold path. I say unto you, no, this is Buddha's lesson. I say unto you, remain in your station of life and apply yourself with diligence to your enterprise. It is not life and wealth and power that enslave, but clinging to life and wealth and power. The dharma of Tathagata does not require a person to go into the homelessness or to resign the world unless he feels called upon to do so. But the dharma of the Tathagata requires every person to free himself from the illusion of the little self, to cleanse his heart, to give up his thirst for pleasure, little pleasures, and to lead a life of righteousness. So here comes the question. We talk of philosophy, but how can it be made real in our life? There comes the practical suggestion. And Buddha gave that suggestion into... He says that... Tagore continues his idea about Buddha. He said that this idea of liberation or awakening comes by you have to pay a big price of it. And 
Buddha and others didn't come to, di- to just create some idea that everything to be negated and you reach to nowhere. But, Tagore says, Buddha Dev came to discover and preach this very simple truth that liberation can only be attained when one can destroy the deep-rooted desire from his own heart and can expand the feeling of love and compassion. So very practical suggestion to how to be free from all suffering. It is subjective attitude to look at. It is to discover for us also what is the truth that can be attained only what I want. I want this, I want that, I want that. Yes, when we are born we need something. That is one thing. What is necessity? That is one thing. But always craving for something more too. More and more and more. This is the unending craving, unending desire. That is to be destroyed. The feeling of... And how? Not by giving up everything but expanding the heart and feeling of love for every created being. It is expansion. You see, in another way, Swami Vivekananda gave this idea a very concrete way. It is expansion. Expansion is life. Contraction is death. You are becoming spiritual. Swami Vivekananda said, how do we understand how your heart expands for the suffering of others? How you feel the remedy to do anything for anyone who is in suffering. So, this point is that his philosophy comes that you have to expand yourself by, so by your character, as we are talking about. Tagore says, Buddha Dev said, he quoted some Pali verses, that Mata jatha niyang puttam ayusha eka puttam manurakhe evampi sarvabhutesu mano sambhavase apurimanam. As a mother, even protects his child with all his affection. In the similar manner, your unending love and compassion should grow in your heart for serving and protecting everybody. Beautiful. You look at high up, you look at the down, below, look around in all direction. See, take our, your mind from all anger, frustration, your jealousy, and see that everyone belongs to you. Whether you stand, it is, I am quoting that verse, uh, Buddha, Buddha's own, own words, Rabindranath Tagore translated. He said, whether you stand, whether you walk, whether you sit down, you lie down. As long you don't go to sleep, try to maintain this idea of love for all and extend your love for all. And that is called Brahma Bihara. This is 
called actually abiding in the state one with Brahman. Abiding in Brahman, Brahma Vihara. And he continued that it, as I said, that he said that you have to give something. It does not come to you easily. And Tagore says, in the path, in this practice of this path of Brahma Vihara, I will use the word Brahma Vihara, abiding in the path of Brahman. He gave special emphasis that it cannot be attained without proper sacrifice. That's why he said, you take the path to go, to follow the path of conduct or a character, to build up your character. So he said, to reach this point of liberation, ultimate liberation, you have to follow the path of Sheila. Sheila means conduct, character, your way of living the life. And what is that? He quotes from Buddha. He says, your character will be built up with following this type of practices. What is that? Pānaṅ don't kill any, any life. This is called shīla, one shīla. Na chadin na madhye, what is not given to you, don't want to grab it. This is called shīla. Mushāna bhāse, don't tell a lie. This is a, another Shila. Nachamad japo shia. Don't drink alcohol. This is called Shila. So you have to acquire one by one this type of Shila, this type of wonderful characteristics. That's why in the early days the Buddhist monks used to every day remember that my shila, my shila means my conduct, it should be perfect. She said, Akhandani, let my shila, this conduct, be continuous and not unbroken. This practice, I am all the time, day and night, I follow these principles that I will not tell lie, I will not hurt anyone, I will not tell a to give any um, thing which intoxicates me and takes away my normal consciousness. So, and they used to pray that let this shila or conduct not, not be broken. Let there be no gap in this shila. And I am not following this shila because my social pressure or pressure from anybody or someone is forcing me to do that but it is out of own volition my own wish and if you do that let no sin touch this shila this virtue this carrying this higher conducts of life no really that is very important we are we try to build up our spiritual structure. We talk of Brahman, Atman, or anything higher. There is nothing wrong. But foundation should be strong. 
So here is the foundation. Unless a person is a person of character, and what is the sign of character? Character is truthfulness, honesty, sincere, and also strong in the values of life, and then then loving others, spontaneously extending the love for others. And that is the type of people we want in the world. Spirituality comes much later. That's why Swami Vivekananda used to say, be a, uh, what do you call, be a gentleman first, and then be a sadhu. <laughs> first be a gentleman, and then be a holy man. Eh? Holy man, okay, let it be, let it can it can wait for some time, but do uh, how to behave, how to interact with each other. So that type of idea, let it be continuous with me. Let that practice be without any gap. There, not out of I am doing out of someone's pressure, and it is not for attaining some selfish objectives of the world. This shila is approved by the honest and sincerely realized people. This shila never gets drowned, it brings liberation. So, now, after praying this, they every day do and they practice. That was the traditional way people became a source of love for all. That's why, you see, this, this shila, practicing this shila, brings welfare in the society and it gradually leads to the path of love and to the final nirvana. That's why Buddha Dev said, Buddha again, it's Tegor quoting this, what is called auspicious in the world, what is called beneficent, really good to the world, what is that? Tegor says that in the Mangal Sutta, there is another Sukta or the aphorism of this verse where it is said that Buddha was asked this question what is that auspiciousness which has been praised by many people Bahudeva many, many godly people many humans who are good thinking of which they attain to that auspiciousness what is that Buddha responded. Very simple response. Anyway, we may think that what is the use of reading this? We all know. But that is true. We all know. But it is emphasis is to practice. Why? What Buddha said? Asevana chabalanam panditanchana sevana. Don't serve those people who are evil character. Or, and do serve the holy people who are good in the society, so that you can cultivate goodness in them. Worship and offer your respect for those who are really the people to be worshipped. This is called auspiciousness in the society. Then he said, live in the country where the spiritual practice does not get obstructed. There are many countries where you cannot enter uh, with your own worship items or you cannot pray, do your prayers. You see, Buddha says, in that country where there is no 
obstacle in the practice of your spirituality live in that country and increase your old previous auspicious character and engage yourself in always good action then what are the, what this is called auspiciousness which can bring good to the society to the individual then he continues the same you study many scriptures bahu shattancha simpapancha learn many skills of art and literature vinayo be humble be practice humility in life say something which is sweet to others subhashita cha ya vacha that type of speech which is sweet which does not irritate others say such words that is called mangal that is called auspiciousness simple love your love and adore your mata pitung kupathanam they you worship you adore your parents very simple three wife and children try to do and serve them with all love and affection and do the best for them and do that type of action which will help you to grow a auspiciousness in yourself do charity to practice the uh, spiritual disciplines do good to the society, the neighboring people don't engage in that type of action which is detrimental and which does not carry good name in your life don't get intoxicated in drinking and don't be forgetful about your religious rites and rituals you be proud at the same time you should be proud that you are practicing something noble at the same time you should be very humble keep your contentment gratitude for others and in proper time listen to all the spiritual talks that's the moral code he's mentioning one after another one after another so these are good but but that will bring auspiciousness huh in the life if one can practice this that will bring auspiciousness but this auspiciousness is not the goal of life according to buddha now also there came a question rohinath tagore says what those who say that these are the rituals and norms of living the life in a honest manner that is called mangal auspiciousness this is only one means but nirvana total liberation that is the goal now the question comes nirvana is what is it void or it is full tagore says if it is it if it were only void and there is no touch of that fullness then it would not bring auspiciousness in the society and he says in buddhist buddhist religion we all find the opposite of it i see it brings auspiciousness in the society it brings auspiciousness in their personal life 
It, it, it brings joy and happiness for all creatures. So how can it be then void? His, his, his reasoning is very simple. Because it brings auspiciousness, then how can it, out of nothing, how auspiciousness will come? That is his idea. And also he adds, this auspiciousness and this love for all humanity, how can it come from voidness? It comes from out of love only. And love comes because there is a connection. So he says that the love, which is the highest, that is called prema, and that is fullness, that brings joy. And there is no giving and taking. And that in that love, when Buddha grew and he gave the advice, and that is what the advice of becoming that type of giving, that means you forget your own gains and loss. And he said, this is called Maitri Bhavana. This is very important. Mangal means auspiciousness, leading a good moral life. It develops that spirit of Maitri, friendship, and love for all, irrespective of any person. And then, that's why the prayer comes. We always do this prayer. Sabbe satta sukita huntu, avera huntu, like that. It means, let every living being be happy. Let everyone be free from all enmity. Let everyone be happy and there be no hurting anyone. And leave, everyone live with their happiness in the self. Rabindranath Tagore says, if anyone has some feeling of hatred and anger, then you cannot really create a level of friendliness with others. That's the reason you are practicing the shila, the good conducts. And shila ends into this feeling of friendliness with all. Therefore, what is to be done? That will lead you to the abiding in Brahman. So he says, this maitri bhavana, this friendliness, thought of friendliness, you can expand. By that only, you can expand yourself. And that path is not the path of voidness then. It cannot be void. Expanding yourself in to all is rather fulfilling. It is not limiting yourself. Therefore, and Buddha has described this as Brahma Vihara. That is the abiding in Brahman. And he has given very beautiful verses. How can you follow that? Buddha said, attain a state of peacefulness and attain power. Be simple, very simple. Be soft, be humble and speak the sweet ideas. He will be who will reach this type of Brahma Viharo, his attitude. It is like exactly as is said in the Bhagavad Gita, how one becomes, uh, if one attains Brahma Jnana, what happens? Or in person of wisdom, what happens? All the characteristics come following the path of Nirvana. And that Nirvana is always bringing 
leading in the spirit of Maitri Bhavana means feeling of friendliness with all and that friendliness with all can come by expanding your identity to all and that is living and abiding in the consciousness of the divine. It's a prayer. He has given different prayers how a person can practice this Brahma Vihara but saying that these people, these animals or created beings, whether it's strong, whether it's weak, whether it's long, it's short, whether it's very fine, whether it can be seen, whether it cannot be seen, those who live very close, those who are far away, those who are born, who are not born, let everyone's soul rest in peace. So this is the idea of Bhuma. So Ravina says, this is the practice of Brahma Vihar. Is it not Brahma Vihar? Is it not abiding in Brahman? That you feel for everybody and you pray for everybody. You don't want to see anyone suffer in the world. How can you be not abiding in that, that one which connects with the whole universe? That's why he quoted, Rabindranath Tagore said, that in the Upanishad we know, it is said, Bhuma tu eva vijigashitabha. You have to learn and know that Bhuma. And that learning and that knowing, that has Buddha pressed before us in the language he called Brahma Vihara. He didn't want it to make it very easy to forget that ultimate truth. So, here is the question that Vedanta can be brought here, that is the Brahma Vihara. This is a beautiful language, I got it. It is actually, Buddha said this, Brahma Vihara, what? Is the very verse <coughs> he got, etang sutiṃ adhitthesaṃ brahma metaṃ viharam idavahu. This is called the Maitri Bhavana, this friendship idea and leading to the concept of what is called Vihara in Brahman, abiding in the Brahman consciousness. So as a student of Vedanta, we feel very fascinated with this idea. And it's very logical that you cannot pray for anyone unless you feel oneness with that person. Rather, when there is animosity, we want to hate, we want to be separated from that person. Uh, when there is a separation, that is not Brahma Vihara, where there is friendship, where there is a love, where there is connection, that is Brahma Vihara. And Buddha's philosophy, apparently whatever people think about Shunna or Purna, but it is the question of light and illumination. So, Swami Vivekananda said about Buddha, they said, I have more veneration for the character than any other, that boldness, that fearlessness, and that tremendous love. He was born for the good of men. Other men seek good. They seek God. Other may seek truth for themselves. But he did not even care to know truth for himself. He sought truth because people were in misery. How to help them? That was his only concern. Throughout his life, he never had a thought for himself. That is called the Brahma Vihara. 
he didn't think of himself. This little self is gone totally and he lives for the welfare of all and whole humanity. Buddha made the analysis. Shankara made the synthesis out of it. Buddha never bowed down to anything, neither to Vedas, nor caste, nor priest, nor custom. He fearlessly reasoned so far as reason could take him. Such a fearless search for truth and such love for every living thing the world has never seen. Buddha was the Washington of the religious world. He conquered a throne only to give it to the world as Washington did to the American people. He sought nothing for himself. This is Buddha and this is his Buddha's contribution. So if we celebrate Buddha, then we'll have to think of this characteristic of Buddha to go through three stages. Let us remember one is to Shila, good conduct, noble conduct. Shila leading to Maitri Bhavana, the idea of friendship, idea of finding not to even in imagination think of anyone's unwell or unwell being or uh, anyone's destruction or loss or anything bad about anyone, but to expand the heart to that person and by that process to see that it is all I am leading in this consciousness of the Brahman which, which permeates everywhere. The language Buddha didn't say. He didn't say it is Purna or it is Sunna. He talked about his uh, Ananda. You see that, that, that is, we read that in Mahapuri Nirvana, Sutta Buddha teaching, teaching, Buddha's teaching to Ananda, his major disciple. Therefore, O Ananda, be a lamp unto yourself. Be a refuge to yourself. Take yourself to no external refuge. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp. Hold fast as a refuge to the truth. And whosoever Ananda, either now or after I am dead, shall be a lamp unto themselves and a refuge unto themselves, shall betake themselves to no external refuge, but holding fast to the truth as their lamp and holding fast as a refuge to the truth, shall look not for refuge to anyone besides themselves. It is very modern language, very powerful language. Not to bow down to anything, but to yourself. And what is that yourself? You see, is it white? Again, the question will come naturally. Language, whenever is spoken, philosophy is different. But you see, the simple language, what Buddha says, eh, the lamp, lamp, lamp is void or what? Be a lamp unto you. What is that? Anyhow, Ramakrishna solved this problem. He said that, why Buddha will be nihilist? He could not express what he had realized. So, it is they, Ananda, among many bhikshus, monks, who shall reach the very topmost height, but they must be earnest and anxious to learn this truth. And also another interesting thing, late Professor Irving Babbitt of Harvard, he remarked, one should add that the nirvana here and now, that is, 
now. We say, what is the Vedantic term of Jivan Mukti? Huh? He says, he added that Nirvana here and now release in this very life, that is Jivan Mukti. And that Jivan Mukti, Hindu philosophers talk about that. One may, however, affirm confidently that no religious teacher was ever more opposed than Buddha in his scheme of salvation to every form of postponement and procrastination. <laughs> he would have his followers take the cash and let the credit go. So the cash in this case is not the immediate pleasure but the immediate peace and happiness. So Buddha also talks about realization here and now. Not after death what will happen. I have the cash now. <laughs> cash of realization. So Buddha actually gave us not to look at the life only suffering, suffering. Normally we say Buddha's philosophy is suffering, suffering. Yes, suffering we cannot ignore. But suffering is not the goal. Goal is to get released from this suffering. And how we can get out of it? That is the very simply these three stages which Buddha, Buddha's principle we try to contemplate is that what is the attitude of our living, how we live, Maitri Bhavana, the friendship idea, and to avoid into the consciousness of that Brahman, which is called Brahma Vihara, which is akin to Vedantic idea, of course. We will prefer that. But ultimately, we have to be 